Welcome to Trust Issues, a podcast by Kepler Trust Intelligence. Please be aware that there can be a time lag when we release podcasts, meaning time-sensitive information may no longer be accurate at the time of publication. Also note that past performance is not a reliable indicator of future results. The value of investments can fall as well as rise, and you may get back less than you invested when you decide to sell your investments. It's strongly recommended that if you are a private investor, independent financial advice should be taken before making any investment or financial decision. Finally, Kepler Partners LLP has a relationship with the company covered in this podcast, which may impair its objectivity. We hope you enjoy the program. Hello and welcome back to Trust Issues. This week I'm joined by Will Fulton. Will is the manager of the UK Commercial Property REIT. Um, so, Will, thanks very much for joining us. I wondered if we could get started um, just by talking a bit about what the trust invests in, what it does, all that sort of thing, for someone that isn't familiar with with the trust. David, sure. Um, so, so, we invest across the spectrum of commercial property. So, that is industrial and logistics um, offices, which we can talk more about in a little bit. It's an interesting, quite difficult market. We have very few um, retail, again, can be quite difficult. We don't earn very much there. And alternatives, which is is by what it implies, everything that isn't an industrial office or, or retail property. So we're diversified. The portfolio, we've got a quality um, prime portfolio of around £1.3 billion. Uh, most uh, or the majority of that, 60%, is in the um, industrial and logistics sector, which I, I, I think is really exciting. And I, I think we'll explore that as well. Um, with, with great uh, rental growth opportunity. And a lot of that is in and around central London with some bigger bigger boxes um, uh, in, the, in the regions. And our focus uh, is, um, is to boost our earnings. That's what we're, we're looking to do at the moment, grow rents and grow earnings. And again, we've got, um, got some stories about that. Okay, so one of the points you touched on there was, was the industrials component of the portfolio. Um, industrials, I think, are about 60% of the UKCM portfolio today. Uh, could you talk a bit more in sort of tangible terms about what, what those properties look like and also why you think they're an attractive investment proposition at the moment? Sure. So, so um, it's really what, why and, and where. Um, the, there's an, a, a really strong operational, occupational um, revenue argument, um, why well, I think they're great, um, but there's also um, an, an interesting investment proposition behind them as well. So perhaps first on that, so the the, the trust, the the whole trust is trading at a at, at around about a, a sort of high twenties discount at the moment, um, yielding about six percent. And in Q4, um, there was, as as many of you listeners may know, quite a strong correction um, downwards in the property market as 10-year guilds and interest rates rose, um, uh, particularly in the industrial sector. These properties had been valued um, at, at low yields and that yield corrected to give a, a margin over a risk-free rate. So that's the, the theory behind that. Having had that big correction in Q4, um, those properties are, are cheaper on a capital basis, which is quite interesting. So then switch to the point, what are, what are they and, and why are they interesting? So there, um, I, I own in, in the trust a combination. Um, first, a collection of um, industrial estates. So these are um, quite diverse properties, 
piece of land with maybe five to 15 um, individual buildings or terraces of buildings, let people doing a variety of things. We've got a, um, we've got a company who runs a bonded warehouse. Um, we've got aircraft um, maintenance uh, companies. Um, we've got film and media companies. We've got smaller distributors. We've got someone who makes sun cream. So a complete range of occupiers. Um, and Mindustrial Estates are in London, one, one on the M5 just by Bristol as well. So very, very strong economies in a UK context. Um, a lot of hustle and bustle and absolutely no land for this kind of, of use. So what we've seen is um, very little supply. Even in the whole of the UK, the supply is low, less than 3.5%, which in property terms is really low. Um, and really, really strong demand. And just, uh, David, I'll give you one example. It's quite interesting. We have a, um, we, we met recently one, one of our tenants, fantastic company. Um, they operated in central London and their business was um, linoleum. And um, uh, they, a lot of their business was actually fitting offices, kitchens and offices and so forth. Um, they've switched to fitting out hospitals and schools with Lino, and they've moved out of central London, saved a huge amount of money from a central London rent, and and moved into our um, state, one of our buildings. They're paying us more in line with the market, far more than the previous tenant was paying. They love it because they've saved money. It's a brilliant location on the M25, um, and we're getting the rental growth we thought. So lack of lack of supply and really really strong demand, um, and in a faster way the the. the uh, the second area of industrials are bigger boxes. Um, I, I, I guess you, um, you've you driven up and down probably many of the dual carriageways and, and motorways in the country and you see um, more of these um, giant 20-metre-high um, or so warehouses going up. So we have some of those. And I think the important thing is here, um, these are popular because of the vast increase in e-retailing which has been going on for a while. That's an, an, an old story, um, but it's still a really important story that um, e-commerce needs to store more space. What we also feel is that um, with this global disruption, really, supply chains need to get shorter. Um, so there will be even more demand for these warehouses around the country for people to manufacture and store goods locally in the country rather than rely on them coming from, um, from miles away. Um, so for those two reasons, really, really interesting, different estates in London with a diverse range of occupiers and tending to be larger distribution companies around about. So we have one led to Ocado with its um, robotic distribution system at Hatfield, another in Wembley um, led to Amazon, another in the Midlands led to um, TK Maxx. For, they use that as a warehouse for their clothes going around the country. Um, really interesting area of the market. Okay, well, one of the points you touched on there at the beginning of your answer is the fact that with interest rates rising, property prices have come under pressure, um, that industrials have been particularly affected, it seems, from, from rate hikes. The discount for UKCM has also widened substantially. So what do you think the outlook is now for, for 2023 for industrials? Um, do you think there's there's further volatility to come or do you think that rates have, to some extent, been priced in already? Okay, so we are um, at, as you say, um, quite a significant discount. Um, I think on interest rates, we saw 
um, yesterday rates rise to 4%. Um, our, our view would be um, that there's a likely ceiling and, and it's evolving. We'll see what happens of, say, four and a quarter, four and a half percent. But we actually think that rates will fall. And we're, we're quite bullish on, on this um, at the end of the year to around two and a half percent. So going back to last year, um, at the end of September, when 10-year goats were at four and a half percent, an average property yield measured by the MSCI benchmark would have been around 4.2%. So there was actually, a, there was, you weren't getting any, at that point, um, risk margin over gilts for the property. And that, that led to that big correction. Gilts, I think, probably today at around 3%, having come down from about 32 So I think it'll be very interesting towards the end of the year if rates do come down to that level, that this risk-free margin will re-evolve and actually be very, really, really quite wide and, and very, very interesting. So that's on, on the one front. The other, the other front, I won't spend the whole of this talking about industrial, but we just had um, we, we announced in our, our results after the year end, actually, um, having just let two units on one of our industrial estates. Um, and we achieved rent 70%, 70% above the rent the previous tenant was paying two years ago. Um, and that, that was two lettings to do different people. Now, that's not a top rent in London. Um, it's just a, 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 an indication of that lack of supply. So it's actually good value space. But, but we have, a, uh, I think, a really, a really strong and a really interesting story in the portfolio for the potential for earnings growth. So more rent coming in, um, the, the, the theoretical potential over time for 30% more rent, but that's a theoretical number um, coming in. So an upwards trajectory leading to earnings growth, which at, at some point may be interesting for, for dividends and so forth. Um, so that, that industrial component, really important. I'm really pleased to have, um, be able to prove it, if you like, that that argument is, is there. And that's what makes that sector interesting. But of course, we're not fully invested. We have 60%. We, we are a diverse portfolio. Wow. Well, 70% is fairly remarkable, even in, uh, even in these trying times. So, so another theme that we see expressed in the portfolio is the importance of ESG. And I think for a lot of listeners there, there's often a sense that this is quite a wishy-washy term that might not actually be of that much substance, bit of a tick box exercise, sorry, as opposed to, to a more meaningful one. Um, but as we covered in our latest note, and I recommend anyone listening to go read that, um, in property, there are actually legal structures in place that make it quite significant, but also beneficial for shareholder returns. So can you talk through those? Yeah, and I, I think that's the key. I think it's uh, for me, it's it's as important for shareholders as it is for tenants, and, and arguably more so. Um, so I, I give you two examples. First, to reassure um, listeners, ESG, environmental, social, and governance. Um, we we the, the, the SG social. We we you know, through COVID, we treated our tenants very sensibly and, and, and fairly. And there are other instances of that from a G governance as a REIT where you know, we're, we're, we're very, very well governed um, and, and as manager as well. But the environmental piece, um, um, fantastically important in the built environment. And this is um, focused um, on the, the release of carbon into the atmosphere and how that can be controlled. Um, so it's measured in the same way as if you were to buy a fridge or a television, each 
property as an EPC rating, Energy Performance Certificate, and it's rated A, A to F, important for shareholders and investors because um, by 2027, we expect every property in England and Wales to require a C for Charlie rating. Um, otherwise, you can't let it or sell it. Um, and at the moment, um, we've got a very high proportion, almost 80%, 77% of our portfolio is C or above. So from a, a, a very um, sort of pragmatic point of view, that's necessary in, in the real estate world. Um, it's also very good because it, it, you know, better for the environment, which means from a tenant point of view, they're, they're more and more interested in this and they have their own ESG requirements. So um, to, um, to lease properties, they want that to be, to be high quality. Um, the, it's quite easy to do to make sure uh, an industrial warehouse property, they're quite simple buildings. It's a, you know, if you think concrete floor shell, I'm simplifying it, but it's not really that difficult to build. You have to have it in the right location. It's easy to build. Offices and shopping centres, we own no shopping centres, I'm, I'm pleased to say. And offices, we own very few different um, um, discussion, possibly. But both of those, it becomes quite expensive to convert, say, a gas um, heating and air conditioning system in either of those to an electric, which is essentially the solution to decarbonise um, these properties. And that then helps EPC, but it also feeds into net zero carbon, um, which, again, we're working very, very strongly. We've got two goals there, um, 2030 for our own emissions, 2030 and 40 for the whole portfolio to, um, to improve. Yeah, so there are quite a lot of tangible things there which, which kind of show the significance of, of ESG. I mean, the, 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 I suppose, David, the most, on a most practical level, we are, you know, we have we have a number of tenants where we have solar panels on the roof, which I, I, I suppose is one of the most obvious areas. But if you think of um, these roboticized warehouses, um, that the robots are, are often automatic forklift traps, um, battery powered. And so we put in EV ports to, to make it easy to charge from an electrical source. Um, and those, so there, there are quite a lot of physical things we can do. And also, um, improvements that would be in the normal course of refurbishment. So this does not have to be, in many of the sectors, extra money. Just last thing on that, it's interesting, and, and thinking about tenants, um, we, we built two student accommodation blocks, um, one, one in um, Edinburgh, where we're up for an ESG prize, um, and one in Exeter, both great universities, very well located for the students you know, jump out of bed and into the university, very close, very, very environmentally um, um, friendly, and we think that's really attractive for them when they're choosing where, where they want to be in, in that location. That makes a difference. Okay, well, to, to turn to a slightly different topic, you talked a bit about how you were able to increase rents fairly substantially for one tenant, but I think people's perception is that we're in either already in or on the cusp of entering into quite a severe economic downturn. Um, that obviously has knock-on effects. So if individuals are suffering, businesses are likely to be suffering and, and so on. So I'm wondering if you've seen that pass through at all into your tenants, whether that is in terms of uh, rental collections and also demand for, for the properties that you've invested in. Um, has there been any downturn or any things you worried about in that area? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I, I think I'd probably start with the reassurance, the, the sort of high, my high-level helicopter view 
is that I don't, I'm not losing sleep over that point. And I don't, I don't, I, I hope I don't come across as being sort of arrogant or naive, but the, the, the properties we have, tenants we have, I'm, I'm very confident with. But, but equally, I don't believe that, you know, going into a recessionary environment that we're in, about to go in and this year be bumpy, we'll be immune from anything there. Um, by and large, though, um, we have 98% occupancy in the portfolio. It's a very strong and our rent collection last year was 99%, 98% for, for for quarter one. So so very good there. Um, I'm I'm sure there could be instances, say, in some of our industrial states where we might have a tenant failing, but actually in many of them because of the the potential to, um, I suppose, undertake reverse and conversion, if that makes sense, of converting the, the higher rental value of a property into cash rent cash for shareholders, cash cash for us. Um, in some cases, if a tenant did um, did have an issue, then actually replacing them with a stronger company could be better, more rent. Um, the one area, and we have very little exposure to it, but we, we have a small asset where we, um, we have a number of um, food and beverage um, restaurants, um, um, cafes. They, in, in this particular location, it's a small asset that are, are not doing well. And that particular town is, 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 is maybe potentially more affected from a cost of living um, crisis and, and is likely to be from others. But that's a, a small asset and indeed one we may, we, not, we, you know, we may not own at the end of the year. But that's, that's, that's an area where I, I would definitely see that as, as potentially coming through. It's not uniform across the whole country there are pockets which will be very strong um but in, in some areas that's um that's harder okay well that all sounds uh reassuring so another area though that i think i think investors and probably your shareholders are, are going to be concerned about is is gearing i know that even even prior to interest interest rate hikes and and the events of the past year UKCM was always quite prudent in how it used gearing. But can you talk through that process and, and how you're using gearing at the moment and whether you think there are any risks around that? So I, I can certainly ease concerns, yes. But to, to your first question, you're, you're absolutely right. We, we as a company on the board, we've been very prudent in our use of gearing, looking to offer a, a lower risk um, opportunity to invest into the sector. So, so we have had lower levels um, of debt at the year end, 31st December 2022. Um, our, our group loan to value, maybe the easiest way to express it, was 20%. So one, one of the lowest in the pair group still. And of that debt, um, around 70%, 68% of it is, is long-term fixed cost debt. So we're only paying 2.88% of it. If you think of sort of fixing a mortgage or whatever at the moment, lot, lot. Lot more than that, so it's it's still um, it's cheap money. That's the all-in fixed cost. We do have a, a floating facility um, with um, with one of our banks where we can we can draw money as we want and pay it back, and that is on a floating rate. So we do expect that we'll be we will be paying a bit more interest in the short terms. Rates have risen, um, but then I expect that to come down at the end of the year. So. At the moment, we're drawing some more of that debt to complete a development program we have um, with finishing a couple of industrial buildings and finishing a student accommodation scheme and finishing a hotel um, that we're building beside Leeds railway station. 
which is very exciting. Um, and that will all yield us six and a half percent on our cost um, all in on, on average. So I'm, I'm happy to accept um, the floating debt, the flexibility of it, um, except that it might cost a little bit more in the short term, but longer term, I see it as being quite effective. But, but all in, all our banking covenants um, are, are, are met where we're at the, the, the sort of very lower end of, of risk, I would say, on, on a gearing perspective. Okay. Well, one of the things that we've touched on a few times, both I have in my questions and, and you and your answers, is the fact that the trust discount has widened quite substantially over the past 12 months or so. Uh, I, at the time of, of our recording this, and um, anyone listening should check this because obviously it's gonna, there's a there's time lag of, of when we release it, but it's it's at 30%. I mean, as, as with most discounts, that to me suggests investors think there might be more pain to come. Um, do, do you have any thoughts here? What can you can you say anything on on that on the side of things? Yeah. So I I, I yeah really interesting our our discount and absolutely if you look on the UKCM website you you'll be able to see a copy of a um, presentation we um, released with the results for any of your listeners later on which has a lot more um, uh, detail than this um, but our discount has actually come in the sector as a whole um, has many peers trading at around a 40% level. So it's come in a bit, but of course, values fell in Q4. So then the, the NAV has come down. Um, I think I think at the moment, um, what we're looking to do is more of the rental increase stories. So we have we have a this, this huge potential to grow rent by 30% over time. And again, on the website, there's more information and a bit more visibility on when bits of that might happen. It's a potential um, theory. But it's really important that we do increase our rent and grow earnings. And I think when um, when the market sees that, they will have more confidence um, in in commercial real estate generally and, and, and in UKCM. I think the other thing is that um, gilts remain at about 3%. So um, if we're right and interest rates come down at the end of the year, then that um, margin for risk over 10-year gilts is is going to widen and, and, and I think make it very interesting, providing companies um, like I think we are, are, are invested in, in the right sectors and particularly in quality property with quality income, um, which we've got. Um, to keep that, that income going, and, and in our case, I, I think growing. Well, that is probably a good juncture at which for us to stop. So, thank you everybody for listening. If you're interested in learning more about UKCM, then just head over to the Trust Intelligence website where you can find a note about the trust, um, or alternatively, just visit the UKCM website. And thank you, Will, again for joining us. Hopefully, we can chat again soon. Thanks very much, David. Thank you. Bye bye.